Have you heard? 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 Welcome to another episode of Have You Heard? I'm Aaron French. Today, we're at Lee Montessori Public Charter School in Washington, D.C., and truth be told, we've never seen anything like this before. In one corner of the classroom, a four-year-old just put on an apron and washed his hands, and now he's neatly arranging triscuits and oranges for the morning snack. Another is painting, still another is reading, and right next to us, there's a group of three and four-year-olds neatly folding laundry. Here we are sitting in tiny little chairs for over a half hour, and not once do we hear an adult voice. Not once. This is a far cry from the urban charter schools you've heard so much about. In fact, schools like Lee are completely upending the idea of how inner-city kids should be educated. I came from a no-excuses model um, of teaching, and so it's very rigid. Children are told exactly what to do at any given moment in time, and so they're, they aren't given a lot of spaces in, to explore. Looking at the Montessori <laughs> approach, I was kind of, when I look in the classrooms, it actually a little bit scares me, because I'm like, these children are given so much freedom, and I'm like, how does that actually happen? You know, and you, and there are three, <laughs> you know, and my children were 12 and 13. And I'm like, how, do, what? You know, they're given like knives to cut. I was like, I would never trust my seventh grader with a knife. <laughs> what? That's Erin Rousey, director of operations at Lee Montessori. She's been in education for several years, both in and out of charter and public schools, but she wasn't prepared for what she saw when she stepped into a Montessori classroom. In recent years, schools based on the idea that urban kids need order and strict discipline, think silent hallways and kids sitting up straight tracking their teachers, have really taken off. The Montessori model explores the exact opposite, straight up self-directed learning. It makes you look at children a lot differently. You look at them and you're like, they're so they're still capable of so many more things. Um, than you actually ever imagined at such a small age. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was, it was hard at first to like give like children some independence. So by now you've probably got this mental image of an urban school run amok, right? Children clamoring in every different direction without an adult in sight. Here's Genevieve, both a teacher at Lee Montessori and a person who grew up as what she calls herself a Montessori kid. The main role of the trained teacher, so me, is to connect the children to the environment. So I give presentations, I give lessons, I show children new materials, I um, you know, role play appropriate interactions, um, and just basically how to be a human, how to be a person. Um, and then I get out of the way and I let them practice. After a short stint as a Teach for America teacher in Georgia, Genevieve became disillusioned with what she describes as the factory model of teaching and left to go get trained in the Montessori model. She likes and identifies with the idea of throwing out the one-size-fits-all approach. If you walked into a conventional school, you might see the teacher standing at the front of the classroom giving one lesson to 20-something children of the same age, and the teacher would probably have one lesson plan for the entire day. Uh, my lesson plan 
has each child's name on it and then ideas for each child written down next to each child's name. So I am moving around throughout the morning, giving individual or small group lessons to children based on where they are in their development. We met one eight-year-old student who doesn't even blink at this concept. Without prompting, she tells us what makes her experience so different from the school she used to attend. This is my third year at this school. We have a lot more freedom than in um, a traditional school. I like how I can write stories if I want, I can do math if I want, I can read if I want. It's a, it's a, almost a stark contrast to what we think of as education when we look at traditional schools where it's almost like a factory model, like I'm going to give you all the children information at one time and you all are going to learn this at the same time, which really just when you think about children and how different they are and how differently they develop, it's not, it's not developmentally appropriate. And to our student, developmentally appropriate means she's ready to start exploring becoming an author. I'm writing a series. It's the second book. It's about these two siblings and, um, yeah. But that's all you get because the rest is secret, or so we're told. Now, Maybe you're starting to get a sense that there's a method to the madness of the seeming chaos of a Montessori classroom. Remember those kids folding laundry? I mean, there are a lot of different reasons for everything. Um, one sort of rationale or um, reason for the folding of the washcloths is that they're done in a particular way. So in one sense of that activity, you've got a preparation for geometry because you're seeing triangles and rectangles and squares folded. Another is that the children are actively engaging and caring for the space around them and caring for themselves. And if you think about how that translates to when you're an adult, I mean, wouldn't it be nice if we had adults that were able to actively care for their environment and themselves and other people? Um, so you've got that aspect of it. Another is that um, it really is the children's space. And so inviting them to prepare snack and fold and dust and keep everything clean really gives them ownership over their community. There are currently 4,000 total Montessori programs in the U.S., of which only about 150 are urban public programs. Not surprisingly, most Montessori schools are private, tuition-based programs that cater to a, shall we say, certain demographic. But Public Montessori programs are growing at a steady clip, and for those that open their doors each year, half of them are urban programs. And when you think about the original reason for the creation of Montessori schools, that makes a lot of sense. Here's Aaron again. The research and, and you know, the history of um, Maria Montessori, she worked with children that were the children that almost everyone had forgotten about right? These orphans that, you know, cities take over and they're just like, oh, okay, throw them into the room. You know, if somebody wants them, somebody wants them. If somebody doesn't, they don't. Um, and so these children, you know, have experienced high amounts of trauma, um, much like some of the, the children that we get in our school and across the city. And so the, the big push for Montessori now is for public Montessori, because Initially, this method was for children that were forgotten about. Public Montessori wants to get back to the point where they are serving those children. But here's the rub. D.C., like so many other urban centers across the U.S., is gentrifying in a big way. The Brookland neighborhood, Lee Montessori's home, was for years one of the most neglected areas of the city. But a house recently sold here for a million dollars. And as more affluent parents move in, 
They scrap for spots in public urban Montessori programs, and the kids that could most benefit begin to get squeezed out. Maintaining a diverse balance of kids and still serving the neighborhood makes for a unique set of challenges. Chris Pensakowski is the principal at Lee. I think the number is around 70% of children in D.C. qualify for free or or reduced-price meals, and um, in our first year of operations, we hit around 20% of our children qualifying. We worked our butts off the over in our going into year two and got that number up to 37% last year. And this year, given siblings and other and how the lottery plays out, we got that that number dropped back down to 20 this year. Um, and it's something that's really concerning from a policy perspective. It's really frustrating from a mission perspective. And we're trying to do our best to, 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 to fix it. Make no mistake, it's an uphill battle. When urban parents are constantly hearing that strict urban charter schools are the avenue to success, they're not want to explore options like a Montessori for their kids. We are inundated with middle and upper income families that are interested in a free quality education for their children. Imagine that. Um, and so, but if we have 50 seats in a year and we're getting 500 applications from middle and upper income families and 60 applications from low income families, it's not that we're not getting our community, our message out to those families. It's that we're inundated by the middle and upper income families. And so we, there's, there, there are two things that we're trying to do simultaneously. It's first improve our marketing and communications to low income families so that they know what Montessori is and that their children will thrive. That's not as easy as it seems. When test scores are the law of the land in measuring the success or quality of a school, Leaders and educators at Montessori programs have to convince parents that a score isn't all that matters. Existing, you know, charter schools in D.C. with long, long track records that records have done a really good job selling their, their families on test scores, college readiness being the hallmark for what is important. And so we're, it, we're doing our best to manage, yes, your children will leave Lee Montessori ready for, with, with good test scores, with, uh, and on the, ready, on the road to being ready for college and career, but at the same time, we're also gonna, they're also gonna leave here with independence, with executive functions that are even more important to them being good in college, good in careers, and good people, right? So it's, that messaging is, 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 is hard for us. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard, period. It's not that Lee and other Montessori programs don't test kids. They do. It's a requirement. But it goes deeper than that. It's hyper-personalized. It's meeting every child where they are, treating them um, as individuals and trying to maximize their development. Um, It's treating every child with respect and love. While Lee and other urban public Montessori schools try to figure out how to better serve the city's students, they themselves are hyper-focused on one very important thing, meeting the needs of the community and every single child in it. It's not only our school, it's, it is the Montessori way. That's it for this episode of Have You Heard? We love hearing what you think, so don't forget that you can always give us a shout. I'm on Twitter at Aaron Mofo French, and you can find Jennifer at EduShyster. As our series winds down, we definitely want to thank all of the faithful listeners and supporters out there who have helped shape our stories 
sent us on some interesting adventures, and shared our little podcast that could. We'll be back with episode 10 in the coming weeks. Man, that's hard to believe. But until next time, I'm Aaron French, and that's what we've heard.